What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today we have a special guest, Kyle Andrews from the Capital Crossover Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Bob Myers and Michael Winger. To start it off, let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today we have special guest Kyle Andrews from the Capital Crossover Podcast. Make sure you guys check out his podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get a podcast. Today we're going to talk about the report from Mark Stein that saying that the Wizards will be aggressive or that rival executives believe the Wizards are going to be aggressive this all season. Talk, we're going to talk about the Michael Winger hire and also the news that Bob Myers um, turned down the Wizards' $15 million offer per reports. But, um, Kyle, um, what made you start your podcast? We know you just started your podcast. And uh, what made you a Wizards fan? So we'll we'll start with uh, what made me a Wizards fan. So when I was a kid, I actually used to go to MCI Center. Um, that's how you know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been locked in from day one uh, with the Wizards. Um, went to MCI Center because my mom worked at MCI. And then uh, they were bought by Verizon. So obviously, you know, turned into the Verizon Center, still kept going to games, um, went to a ton of, I mean, I, I, Brendan Haywood, Aton Thomas, those years with, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, Juan Dixon, uh, Steve Blake. So I, I'm going back to, you know, those old Wizards teams, even even when they were the Bullets just briefly during my life, uh, you know, I was only like three when they switched over, so I'm fairly young still. But, um, you know, they I, I watched those Wizards teams, uh, Mitch Richmond, Rod Strickland. Uh, you know, ironically enough, one of my old coworkers at my job was a uh, he was Rod Strickland's cousin. So, you know, very, very small world. Uh, you know, Wizards have been part of my life for a very long time now. I've been a Wizards fan just as long as I've been you know, a fan of other teams that I like. So uh, that that's first things first. And then the reason why we got the podcast started is because it was a lot of things to talk about. I mean, this is a pivotal time to be, um, you know, focusing in on the Wizards. I mean, they have a – they just signed Bradley Beal to a gigantic con- contract. Then you have, you know, all these changes going on. I started a podcast with uh, Jack Skolnick and uh, Jordan Teixeira, um, right before last season. And, you know, we had a lot to talk about. And, you know, like I said, still an interesting time to be a Wizards fan. We thought maybe the solid three, as you guys say, um, <laughs> was going to be pretty interesting. But, um, you know, that didn't turn out to be what we thought it was going to be. Or maybe it did. You know, if, we, if you listen back to some of our old shows, um, we were a little hesitant. But, you know, to be fair, we're all Wizards fans here. So, it's a good reason to be hesitant. Yeah, man. I remember those MCI days, man. Back uh, when we had Miss Richmond, I remember I with my dad. We were so bad that we were sitting in the 400 section. We were so bad. Nobody was at the game. Uh, somebody who worked there asked us if they wanted to sit, if we wanted to sit courtside because nobody was there. We just ended up sitting courtside of the game. It was against the Hornets and the Wizards got blown out that game, too. Oh yeah, I know. I know all too well about that. I remember it was my birthday. When was it? Two thousand three. This was like a um, 
you know, I'm going to say it was, yeah, it was 2003. I turned nine and the Wizards were playing against the Celtics. And I remember Paul Pierce was just carving the Wizards up. The Celtics were bad back then. And so it was just real funny to to hear other people's stories about when they were younger going to the MCI Center and being able to move down. And I, I did the same thing. And then I stood next to this Michael Jordan uh, cardboard cutout. And it was showing people, if you were this tall, you're 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> and I saw this picture of me at nine years old right next to this cardboard cutout. I was only half the size. Now I'm six foot seven. So... Wow. taller than Michael Jordan now. And I'm like, that's that's cool just to look back at that picture and to see how things have changed. But it's also like, dang, the Wizards are almost right back in that spot that they were in 20 years ago. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Man, let's see how old everybody is. Who remembers when the Bullets used to play in Landover? Remember see, US Airways? I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> man, that's back in the day, man. Capital Center or something like that. Yeah, it was uh US Airways Arena. Mm. That was that, that right before they moved into where they are now in Chinatown. But yeah, <laughs> shows yeah. how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just want to get your thoughts on the Michael Winger hire as he is the, he's now the president of basketball operations, overseeing the not only the Wizards, but the Mystics and the Capital City Gogo. Yeah, I, I think this Michael Winger hire is pretty good just considering the fact that he has that OKC background. I think that that's huge, even beyond the um, you know, the Clippers. I, I think that's that's gigantic. He's shown that he can try to develop a team in multiple different ways. I mean, he had, you know, LeBron when he was in Cleveland. Um, they did pretty well. They just didn't quite get there, but he wasn't the head man there, obviously. Um, he gets the OKC under Sam Presti. That's a great background to have as well. Um, you know, all they do is develop, and I think they have one of the better development organizations in the league. Um, that's number one. Number two, when you get to L.A., I mean, they tried to win. <laughs> they tried to go all in. I think that's something that the Wizards have not shown over, you know, the the Shepard and Grunfeld years that, yes, do you want to go all in or do you, you know, this middle build that we all talk about, it just it hasn't worked. And I think that you either have to be all in or you have to, you know, rebuild. And I'm, it can't be half-stepping. Like, you, you got to go all the way in and try to get something done. If you want to surround Beal with as much talent, I understand with, you know, the contract that he signed, it's going to be a little bit harder to do that. But that also goes to drafting, too. You have to draft. You have to develop players. And I think that's something that Michael Winger will do. Um, a lot better than what Tommy Shepard was able to do. And it goes to scouting, too. I mean, you have to have a ton of great scouts in there. And I'm sure when you have a, you know, place like OKC that, you know, they they scouted very heavily and he still has an opportunity to add a GM. And we talked about Will Dawkins on our our show as a possible hire. Um, And if he brought in Will Dawkins from OKC, look, that's a – I mean, it's far from where the Wizards were last year. I could tell you that. So it's, it's an exciting time, I would say. Oh, 100%. I mean, Michael Winger, like you said, he wasn't the, the top guy pulling the strings like Lawrence Frank and with the Clippers was doing it. Um, other guys in Cleveland, it was more of a collective, collaborative um, group of guys making decisions. But he was a, he's a smart guy, salary cap guy, lawyer. Um, he did have a part in trading Blake Griffin, trading uh, signing Kawhi Leonard, 
he wasn't 100% on board from what I heard about the Paul George trade, but, you know, they ended up doing it. And like you said, they were aggressive, um, which I do want to talk about later. There before. I'm really intrigued to see how the Wizards are going to be aggressive this year. But uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great hire. He's a smart guy. He's been around winning. OKC, he won with KD and Russ Westbrook. Like you said, with LeBron with the Cavs and um, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. He he was he helped with drafting SGA, uh, trading Blake Griffin. So he's made some good moves and some, some some smart moves, and he's really respected highly across the league. So I think this was a good hire by Ted Leonsis. It's a guy who's not in house. He actually went out of the office and not getting. Um, kind of like a, a nepotism hire, somebody that we already know from the Wizards uh, organization over the past ten to twenty years. So um, I think I think it was a good hire. I'm, I'm happy with the hire. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why anybody wouldn't be happy with the hire. It's just I that that's a confusing thing to me. I understand among Wizards fans that have this general pessimism because you know I get it. It's been tough for the past. 20 to 20, 30 years, 40 years at this point. I mean, hey, look, my mom was a, a child when they won a, when they won a championship. So that, that should tell you all you need to know. But I mean, right now it's 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 a cause for optimism. People should be excited. Just like the commanders getting a new um owner. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. It's a it's a changing of the guard in DC sports, and people should be excited for that you know i mean as a as an orioles fan i already know when the orioles had to make that huge tear down it was a lot of people that were just pessimistic about where the team was going and i think that's an unfortunate part of you know being all in as a fan is that you have to go through i mean or you feel like you have to go through those tough times you've been through those tough times so then you get to the point where you're like i'm ready to jump ship and then, you know, Orioles fans saw the Nats win the championship, win the World Series, uh, you know, just that same year that the Orioles started the rebuild. And so you see this horrible, horrible Orioles team, and you don't see the fruits of the labor until 2022. And I think that's something that Wizards fans, if they if they don't go all in on winning and they do make this rebuild, the thing is you have – a couple of years to look down the line. Michael Winger said he has a five-year plan. We'll see what that five-year plan entails. And hey, as a as a person that's seen a, a, a you know a positive rebuild, um, just up the street in Baltimore with the Wizard. I mean, with the Orioles. Um, I just think that you know people have to be prepared. And I, I feel like it's a very similar um, thing when it comes to you know basketball. Like OKC, they had to break things down and they had they came from a way better spot than the Wizards did but I also think too that you know they've done a pretty admirable job of you know staying afloat and and still being relevant and getting Shea Gilgis Alexander you have to be able to trade for pieces so that you can I mean if you have to flip those pieces then go go ahead you know they'll be able to get some first round picks out of it so I wouldn't be too upset about that. Right. Yeah. And even with the Clippers, when they traded Blake Griffin, they got Tobias Harris. They still made the playoffs. Uh, Michael Winger has made uh, he's been a part of higher head coaches. He had a, you know, they hired Doc Rivers. They fired Doc Rivers, brought in Tyron Lue. So uh, he's been there, done that with rebuilds, retools and hiring coaches and everything. So I think he's going to come in and definitely uh, do a good job. So we want to get to a, a quick um, promo here before we get to Brandon's question. Today's episode is brought to you by. FanDuel. Definitely get on FanDuel. You got the NBA Finals coming up. You can bet on the WNBA. 
Um, baseball as well. You know, baseball is, is in full swing right now. So make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, uh, there's no better place to bet all the playoff, act, all the NBA Finals action that are on America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat for his bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Brandon. Yes, sir. So I got a few questions for you. Um, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, from an organizational standpoint, either you're all in or you're all out, right? And, you know, I, I said it all year long, man. I'm pretty sure people are tired of hearing about it. But to me, you know, for all 30 teams, man, from the day one, you know, I know that not everybody's going to be ready to win a championship. But, but, you know, as far as mind frame, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Because if, if that's not the ultimate goal, then you're, you've already failed. And I felt like this year when the goal was a playing tournament, <laughs> I was like, man, you've already lost. You've already lost because you've, you're, you're, you're aiming low. So uh, look at that championship, right? What is the best course of action to win a championship in D.C.? To run it back with the current core of Bradley Bill, Kyle Kuzma, and Christopher Zingas? To retool, maybe keep one of the two out of Kuzma and KP and kind of build from there? Or just do a total rebuild and build from the ground up? Me personally, um, I think it's the rebuild option. And that's that's not to say that I don't think that they can be competitive with, you know, if they if they did run it back. Not saying that they can't be competitive, but there's some, you know, and I mean running back in the sense of only Porzingis returning. I feel like Porzingis is a, you know, pretty strong rim protector, and I feel like that gives you a very healthy option of you know being able to have a seven foot three center or power forward or whatever you want them to play, um, be able to stop the, uh, you know stop layups. I mean, I, I think that's huge. Um, and he can stretch the floor. I think that's something that, you know, Wizards fans should be incredibly excited about. But, um, you know, if they if they don't do that, I think you need to completely um, and utterly gut every single aspect of the franchise and, you know, rebuild it, um, you know, let it rise and let it become something completely different than what it was before. And I think that's the way that a lot of teams have tried to do. And I'm not saying go through the process. I don't think the process, um, I'm not saying the process didn't work to an extent, but it didn't get to the ultimate goal. I'm not saying you have to be that bad, but you have to instill a totally different sense of, um, you know, urgency in this franchise that they just don't have right now. Um, And I think that Michael Winger can be the catalyst for that. I think that if he goes and says, hey, look, we're starting from scratch. Everyone gets a fresh start. We all go in with a different mindset than we did before. We just want to get better. Then when people have that growth mindset that, hey, I want to do better for my franchise. I want to do better for myself. I want to have some accountability. I think that'll get them to a point that they have not been at in my lifetime, I can tell you, because um, I'm not, I don't I don't think I've ever seen a, a Wizards friend, a Wizards organization. I'm like, man, they got it. But, uh, you know, I think this is the time that they can do that. They can rebuild, um, you know, bring some people that will hold people accountable. Maybe bring in a vet that has won some championships and tell them, like, look, you need to 
hold people accountable. <laughs> and then, you know, let's see what will happen from there. Yeah, you brought up a good point. When was the last time I felt all warm and fuzzy about a Wizards team? And I think the last time was that 16-17 team with John Wall, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Mark Keith Morris. You know, a game away from the Eastern Conference Final. That was probably the last time. Because like you said, I'm a Wizards Bullets fan all the way back. You know, I'm an 85 baby man. So, you know, I did, I don't remember Juwan, you know, Chris Weber too much. I was a kid. But, you know, Gil was my guy, you know, Karan and from there. But um, getting back into it, um, both me and E are both big rebuild guys you know we believe that for this team to be just uh successful for the long run you've got to strip it you know rebuild the front office rebuild scouting department you know bring in the young cast you, you know develop them and then when it's time to make that move you know make that move to, to take that step you know the examples to me you know looking at you know cleveland cleveland a lot of the guys are homegrown they were drafted you know when it was time to make that move um they brought in donovan mitchell you know, so, you know, there's there's a lot of blueprints for, you know, and people call the Wizards a small market. We're not a small market. You know, if you look at the DMV, it's a major area. It's a major area. But, you know, it's a small market mind frame. And that's been applied to this team since way back because we've always had kind of a small market mind frame. But, you know, to me, rebuild is the answer. But here's the thing, though, and I, I catch a lot of heat, man, <laughs> because um, while I'm very pro rebuild, you've got to you get to a point where you can't talk about rebuilding more because this organization has a plan for where they want to go. Right. And yeah, they had been really cryptic about what they really want to do. You know, early on, they, you know, they brought West back real early when to me, they should have waited, you know, really looked at the market. Cause look at it, look at the head coaching. I mean, Monty Williams, I mean, Nick nurses went to Philly, you know, there's a lot of potential with coaches to have playoff experience. So I think we kind of rode west a little early in the game i think two years you know some people say two years is a little small of a sample size but to me you know two years and your mo's defense and your defense is trash i don't you know i think that the sample size is just right but you've got to look at it from what they're trying to do and i don't i don't see them bringing this core back because there's this solid three you know what is the upside you know playing tournament and we didn't even make the playing tournament so that they've already shown what it could be at and you can use this whole injury what look every team in the league had injuries you know we can't we can't act like we're the only team that had injuries you know that the whole injury cop out is, is so lame to me you know no we had injuries yeah but the, the fact of the matter every team in the league had injuries so i think that i think they're going to retool i see uh kp coming back he will sign here long term i think that he's the guy that's going to stay you know kuz i think he's a signing trade and if it's me you got to sign and trade him for a veteran guard because it, that's another thing me and he said look I just don't see a rookie point guard coming in here and leading a veteran core from year one. And even if we get Anthony Black, I think Anthony Black, Hassan Wallace, I think they both have the capability to start. But I don't know if I want to throw them into the fire from day one, leading a veteran core. So I think we, you know, you sign and trade to go get a veteran point guard, whether it's one to two years. You know, Chris Paul was a name thrown out there. And still go out there and get that point guard so he can sit back there and learn behind the legend. Look, can you imagine being a young kid coming out of Arkansas and you're learning behind Chris Paul? I mean, Chris Paul is going to go down as one of the best point guards I've ever played the game. So that, I think that's the course of action for this team. And I think a wing, you know, especially with, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with Denny Avia. Um, do they sign him here long term? You know, can he be flipped? So th there's a lot of variables here, but I don't think they're going to go through a rebuild. I think it's going to be a retool. I think that they're going to retain. You know, I think they're going to retain KP. I think Kyle Kuzma is a sign and trade. And I think they're still going to try to build around Bill. Now, it's not to say that Bill can't be flipped. And we're going to talk about his motivations of staying in D.C. tied to that scoring record. But I just I don't see us rebuilding. I just don't. Because, you know, another factor, the business side, 
you know, Ted does he, he just invested I don't know how much money into courtside luxury suites. Now, if I'm a fan, I'm not copping up that money, man, to watch his team get blown out every night. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of factors to this. He's a businessman, and the fact that he brought in a businessman, I mean, that's another factor that people don't talk about when it comes to Michael Winger is that, yes, his pedigree, you know, Sam Presti can't say enough, Danny Ferry, when he's done in L.A., but he's a business mind. You know, he's going to revitalize his team from a fina financial standpoint, too. And that's why I think that's another reason it's smart for him to take that role as president and to bring in a GM because, you know, there's two factors, man. Um, one, oversight. You know, with Tommy being the president and the GM, nobody was checking him. So when you flipping Rui for a bag of chips and, and a Metro card, you know, nobody was checking him. You know what I mean? So with a front office where you have a GM and a president, you know, he can sit there and say, oh, no, nah, no, nah, we're asking too much. Or, you know, you, you have more than one opinion in the front office, man. So I just I think Winger was a good move. But looking at the vision going forward, man, I don't see a rebuild. I see a retool, but I don't see them running back the same group because Monte ain't the man at point guard. We all know that he did his job. Look, all you know, all due respect. And I know he, he's caught some feelings on Twitter a couple of times. We've been criticizing him. But, you know, Monte's just not the guy long term starting point guard, man. And so we need to retool this thing. So I think all arrows point towards a retool. So um, what do you think, E? Yeah, I, I I think so as well. I think they're I I mean yeah, like you said, we're both rebuild guys. But if they are in it to win it, I'm I'm with it. Because um, I wanted to ask you, Kyle, about the report from Mike Mark Stein as well. You know, at that rival executives believe that the Wizards are going to be aggressive. Like, what way are they going to be aggressive? Are they going to be aggressive rebuilding or aggressive going all in? If they're going all in, I really want to see what they are going to do because they're in a tough situation. They don't have a lot of cap space. You have Bradley Bill in the books. You know, if you're going to bring back Porzingis. That's going to be a high number. It's going to be around $30 million more than that, most likely. Kuz is going to get most likely around $25 mil, maybe even more than that, with the salary cap going up. So you just don't have a lot of wiggle room at all. You got DeLon Wright still. He's on a mid-level exception. I mean, he's not really hurting your books at all. But um, after those three guys, you just don't have a lot of room to really sign guys. You just don't. So I'm, I'm intrigued to really see how aggressive they're going to be. And can Michael Winger work some magic to make them – uh, a playoff contender you know i don't expect them to be a finals contender but even just even make the, the playoffs because they couldn't even make the play in last year uh with having a solid three so that that article that came up from mark stein is just really intriguing to me and if they are going to be aggressive the other way i would be shocked so i just want to hear you guys thoughts on that too yeah i mean if they to me you have to attempt to try to completely rebuild the bench i think the bench was man oh man yeah it's just we how many times how many times have we talked about the bench right it's been i remember back in 2016 um in the 2016 2017 season when they brought in bogey and you think to yourself you're like they didn't have bench three-point shooting and now you know Corey gives them that that bench three-point shooting that we do really like but also Corey was a you know first round pick we want to see first round picks stick and start. Right. But I think that's something that the wizards have struggled with forever. Their bench has not been up to par except for early on. What was it, the season prior to this one when they had, you know, all those players that we thought were going to be able to contribute. You had, you know, a KCP, you had Montrez Harrell, you had, you know, Spencer Dimwitty, you had a number of other people that were just there. And then they just, you know, the infight and killed that team. Um, and I think that now, you know, the following year, you do get that bona fide starter in 
having Porzingis there. And I feel like Porzingis really helps that. But, you know, if I'm if I'm flipping Kuz, you have to try to focus on bench too. I mean, yes, getting a start in point guard is, is incredibly I mean, that's that's the most important thing. But I feel like secondary to that is definitely getting that bench up to speed. Um, you know, if you do have to flip a couple guys um, that are on that bench currently, it is what it is. I think that's that's something that they if they really want to focus in and not have to, you know, worry about winning in, in the sense of uh, or I guess not even necessarily winning. If they don't want to worry about, you know, all the we always joke around about the, uh, you know, whatever appreciation day <laughs> that the Wizards are having that, that year. They have to make some make some moves, you know, trade trade a couple guys out. You know, me personally, I love I remember when Denny was was picked up. I was excited about the pick um just because I thought that Denny was going to be a um you know nice solid addition to this team, but he was going to grow into something special. That hasn't necessarily happened um at the moment. And if you have to make the move, you have to make the move. But it has to be for somebody good. It can't be that Rui trade. That was that was horrible. That cannot happen. If you want to trade these lottery picks that you've had, trade them for someone good. Package them for someone that is actually going to contribute to the team. Don't package them for, you know, second round picks that we won't see until, you know, we have grandkids. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't want to see that. I want to see guys that can actually contribute to the team. I don't want to see, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn glued to the bench if we traded, if the Wizards traded him for, um, you know, trade a Rui for him. I don't want to see things like that. I want to, I want them to actually have guys that will contribute if they are going to trade these lottery selections. If they're going to trade their first round picks, trade them for someone that's actually going to contribute. Don't do what you're doing now. And then not to mention, just develop better. If you draft these guys, I want to see second round picks actually stick with the team. That's why the Heat are so good right now because second round guys and undrafted guys are making the team. And guess what? They're cheaper. You don't have to worry about getting bench guys that are making $10 million a season because you have all these second round picks that can actually contribute. And then guess what? If they want too much money, you trade them. And now you get you get even better picks for them. Maybe you get a first round pick, a late first now, and now you could get somebody even better if you just develop correctly. And that's I think that's where the future for the Wizards is really going, is that if you want this bench to be elite, you have to develop in-house. And I think that that's something that they are really going to focus on. I think that is the smartest way to go to heat, do it. I mean, shoot, the Lakers did it with – I mean, they, they stole Rui from the Wizards and – Rui, I mean, he made them look pretty good, and he he wasn't on an expensive deal um, with an expiring rookie contract. So, I mean, that's something that the Wizards have to really they have to really invest in is that player development. I think that's the key. That's the key right there. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I got to look up when where uh, Austin Reeves was drafted or if he was drafted, but he had a heck of a playoffs as well. Um, the Wizards, too many times we. Tommy Shepard, Ernie Grunfeld, those draft guys, Yusuf Sanin, draft and stash. Um, Yannick Zosa, another draft and stash guy. He looks years away, kind of from being years away. So, um, But the Miami Heat, they find a drafted guy, second-round picks, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, um, and they find roles, and they contribute in, in big ways. Duncan Robinson, undrafted uh, guy out of Michigan. 
uh, he's been a key part for them. Uh, so, yeah, it comes down to developing, development, scouting, uh, coaching, of course, and just having a plan for these young guys, having a plan for these guys, uh, putting them in the right roles and establishing roles on the team. So that's got to be huge. But the aggressive point, too, is a broad term. Um, you know, we've seen previous regimes be aggressive. You can say Tommy Shepard was aggressive because he tried to get guys. He was rumored for the Donovan Mitchell trade, rumored to trade over Jay Nivey, rumored to try to get Kevin Durant as well, but it just never worked out. So, um, but we're going to get to part two. Uh, Brandon, was there anything you wanted to add before we get to part two? Nah, no, sir. No, sir. Man, I'm, I'm loving the dialogue, man. Definitely, yeah. So we're going to continue. We're going to get to part two of the Capital Crossover Podcast. We just want to thank you guys for listening, making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day for every dayers our next episode is going to be continuing the capital crossover podcast we're gonna talk about bob myers turning down the washington wizards 15 million dollar offer and more thank you guys for listening hail to wizards peace